0: Hello, my wild feathers, my listeners, my founders, friends and colleagues. We are back from a much needed break and sabbatical. I was on the verge of burnout, Sarah. I took some time to regroup and rejuvenate uh, from a crazy beginning of the year. And whenever I rejuvenate, I go into think tank mode, which during this rejuvenation think tank period, uh, we have revamped our website and branding and prepared new initiatives and created resources for listeners and founders that you will find on our website. So whether you're a founder seeking funding or networking groups or you're starting a business and you need tools and resources, we've included this information on our website to help you succeed. We have more stuff coming, so we will keep you informed about new stuff when, it, when we launch it. But I am ecstatic to be back. And I'm super excited to talk to these amazing female founders and investors and women that are just incredible. We have a great lineup planned and we've got m- new guests coming. So I'm super excited. But without further ado, let's get into this next episode. So today we have Emily and Jess, the co-founders of Shine Talent Group, which is an influencer talent management agency fun, right? They specialize in the online and social space, working with influencers, brands, and agencies all over North America. They have multiple offices in Toronto and LA, and these ladies are not afraid to try new things. They're not afraid to learn, to grow, or think outside of the box. They'll give it a shot. They're smart, they're chic, they're savvy, and without further ado, let's dive in.
1: Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. So um, we started Shine Talent Group and it's had many iterations of it. So we started as Shine PR, then we were Shine Influencers and now we're Shine Talent Group. So we started about seven and a half years ago now, which is wild to think about, but I had moved to Toronto at the time from Melbourne, Australia. Emily and I had connected through like random happenstance, fate, whatever you
0: uh yeah. what Tell you? Us about that. I always love hearing the fate stories. Like, okay, <laughs> so you're from Australia and you're from Canada, correct? I am, yes. I'm from Yeah. Toronto, so Jess had yeah. moved here
2: like for a boy and was looking to get into like the PR industry. I had worked in PR at two different agencies, but I'd had my children and it started off um, a little like freelance business. And as many people would know freelancing, it's pretty scary to say no to a contract. So I had just had my daughter and I had a bit too much work on my plate, but like certainly wanted to keep it moving ahead. So I was looking for another freelancer who could kind of come in and we could kind of like work together on certain things. And my friend who is uh, a wedding planner had gotten this resume from like this girl from like Jess who had thought at that time maybe Jess had maybe thought maybe she wouldn't go into PR maybe she would start you know going into the wedding planning business and try to break into a different field and she contacted two wedding planners in Canada one was my friend Lindsay who connected us and the other one um was another wedding planner who connected her to her now fiance and almost husband Justin so that's the that's the fate story. It was just a perfect marriage from the start.
1: <laughs> that's
0: awesome. I love it. I love yeah, connecting. It,
1: it was a fun one. So we, uh, we love telling that story.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So I didn't mean to interrupt or get sidetracked, but. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then uh, as Em said, we both came from PR backgrounds, M in uh, more like big agency world, me in house in entertainment. I uh, anticipated that I would come here and work in PR and it kind of, like took weird turns and I did land back in PR but in an effort to distinguish ourselves from other PR agencies because there's so many like there's so many boutique PR agencies all doing amazing things we're like well what if we to kind of make a bit of a name for ourselves let's connect with at that time it was more like the bloggers like Instagram was obviously around but just kind of getting going and we're like let's let's connect with the bloggers they don't get invited to as many events as like the a and b list media do so mm-hmm. why don't we run some events we'll invite all of the bloggers slash influencers slash digital talent content creators whatever we want to call them and let's invite them to our events and really like build a relationship with them so that's what we did and in doing that and kind of getting to know them a little bit more and and having really great conversations with them we realized i mean obviously we knew they had there was so much value to what they were doing but they didn't know how to determine what that value was for one. Mm-hmm. And then most importantly, they didn't know how to ask for it. So they had brands reaching out to them and the brands were also like, oh, we think we want to work with you. We don't really know how. So right. we're like, you know what? We can sit kind of perfectly in between these two. We know how to develop brand messaging and strategy And we know how to like weave it in really naturally, which is what was really essential for the influencer part of it. So we're kind of like, if we sit in the middle here, we manage the talent. So we make sure that they know what's going on, the finances, the contracts, the negotiations, it's all taken off their plate because, you know, most likely someone who is, let's say, a beauty makeup influencer, like they probably didn't get into that industry because they like loved Breadlining contracts.
0: (laughs) The business side of things, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, you do what you do and do it super, super well. We'll take over the business side of things. So that then what that allowed them to do is like double down on their efforts in, you know, creating beautiful content, connecting with their audience, developing that community, which allowed them to like grow and grow in different kinds of ways. Whilst we were managing kind of the back and forth with the agencies, the negotiations, the contracts, and,
0: the stuff that we love to do. Yeah, that's super cool. And now have you stuck with the blog world or have you expanded that?
2: Well, the talent have have changed like over the years, just kind of been, which has been dictated really just by like the change in social media. So yes, kind of Uh blogger was kind of where we started blogger, you know, Instagram, then it was very much Instagram and some YouTube. And uh, now I I feel like TikTok is probably like the most like dominant in terms of like new talent, like coming in. And it's, it's really exciting, like to watch. And we certainly have tried lots of different things under like the talent, you know, banner over the years, you know, dabbling like in sports management and all of that. But I think the uh, the basis of how, like, we've always, like, approached talent management has allowed us to kind of navigate, like, the change in the different platforms or the different spaces. Right, right. And I think, you know, we've always kind of come into it as being, like, these, like, equal partners in terms of, like, the talent, ourselves, the agency, and, like, the client, where other right. talent management agencies might be, you know, wholly focused, you know, talent first or wholly focused, like, on the the client and brand side we always felt like the best going into it as saying, you know, like we want everybody to win. Like we want to be like the person who sits in between to make sure that this relationship is successful for like all parties. Um, And although that might've been like a slower growth in terms of positioning, like for us in the beginning, it certainly has been like the most sustainable and we watch other agencies okay. kind of pop up and, and, you know, not be able to last, you know, the test of time or through difficult times wow. like COVID. And I think that we have, like built and sustained a very strong uh, reputation in terms of we are everybody's partner, you know, in the relationship yeah. and we want everybody to do well.
0: That's awesome. So I have lots of questions from like, I remember back in the day when blogging was like, it was just hitting, everybody's starting to blog all these workshops on how to be a blogger, blah, blah, blah. It was a big thing. I still feel like they're, and I don't know, cause I'm so consumed with my work that Is it still super popular? I mean, I read a lot of blogs, right? But is it still like super popular? And then my next question is with the TikTok thing. So I'll let you answer that first.
1: I think blogging is still popular. I will say, and this is, it's a better question for our team than us for sure. I don't remember the last time I heard one of our talent being booked for a blogging collaboration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I feel like there's so much value in having a blog. It is the only platform that you wholly own. It is the only space where you can create an email newsletter, have direct line of sight with your um, with your audience. You know, we see this when Instagram goes down for a day, (laughs) chaos ensues. Um, but that like that doesn't happen if you have a blog. Like you can send out an e newsletter quickly to your subscriber base. Like there's, as I said, so 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 much value but it's big time commitment
2: as well. It's, and it's like a it long, longer form copy, right? So I feel yeah. like in terms of like how people like have like consumed information over like the past like couple of years. And also like, I guess like depending on what like target is being like going going after in terms of the community, more like like shorter form um, copy or video content in terms of absorbing information, podcasts. I would I'd say podcasts probably took over the like, the theory of like the blog in terms of having the longer conversation, sharing much more information, but it's audio. So I I listen to a ton of blogs myself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not as time consuming only because I started out as a blog, this as a blog, and then I quickly realized podcasting would be a bit more fun for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not as detail oriented, shall we say? It's more free for all and it's, it's, and it's more
1: time. like casual kind of like yeah. it's conversational right. right instead right. of like you kind of just riding like into the ether like you can, right you can right. Do that
0: right so when it comes to your talent and then the client um, yeah the client I, I was getting ready to say which one do you represent like are you filling a need for the client or are you going out and getting opportunities for the talent
1: so kind of all of the above. Okay. Um,
0: okay.
1: So, so officially we represent the talent. Like we are okay. in the business of talent okay. management. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So the talent who is assigned to us is signed exclusively. We take a commission from every every program that they work on. So that's okay. how wow. like logistically it works. Um That said, we have amazing relationships with so many brands, like either brands directly or PR, ad, digital marketing agencies, um, sometimes media buyers as well. So they're kind of the, the client on the other side. So whilst we represent the talent, we very much service them in that a brand might come to us and say, hey, we're launching a new product. I need 10 beauty influencers based in the Midwest, For Mm -hmm. Mm arguments, and then we'll go back to that and say, okay, we we absolutely have a few in our roster. We always look to our roster first. Of course, we know them the best. But if we can't find, if you know, if we don't have ten influencers in that category, we'll go out and scout other talent specifically for that campaign, Mm, and and work with those talent more on like a one-off ad hoc basis. Certainly not Mm -hmm. the same like service offering as our exclusive talent. Um, but, but yeah, we service the client in, in that way and are regularly proactively pitching for the talent. So mm-hmm. they might say to us, I don't know, either, Hey, I have this like idea. It would work really well if I had a sunscreen brand to incorporate into this content, or I'm going on this trip, or I have a wedding or a something, some major life event coming up and we'll go out and pitch brands and say, Hey, like sometimes for example, we'll know that our talent are pregnant well before they announce it so we might go out to a brand under embargo like if someone would go to a journalist and say this is not for public knowledge yet but this person is pregnant we're looking for an exclusive diaper partner for them Mm. for example Mm -hmm. bringing this to you kind of before it goes live do you want to lock it in now
0: things like that gotcha do you have a special industry or do you tend to focus on a certain industry stronger in one than others
2: yeah. We say, um, that we focus on lifestyle talent and that, you know, is a very broad category. So we have right. talent, you know, in fashion and beauty, but also, um, food, you know, uh, family life, motherhood. Um, we have also focused in on the past couple of years, like in the body confidence space that we're very mm, so proud to that's represent huge. many incredible talent, incredible voices in that space. And, I think we all feel like quite passionate about it as well, because it shows um, the positive side of social media and social communities. So social media has a lot of, you know, flack in terms of how it can impact body image negatively. But we also see this other side when there's these, you know, voices, these creators who are sharing like incredibly like vulnerable, raw information, who are sincerely helping people Um, you know, Mm -hmm. accept themselves and get, you know, help or access to information that they wouldn't have before. Over COVID, I think that was just like so important for people to have access to different kinds of voices like that. And we're so Mm -hmm. proud to represent them.
0: Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of advertisements too that are more open and exploring body Um,
2: diversity yeah there you go i'm like i don't know how to word it it, but sure yeah Yeah, no that's the impact of it and like we've seen that as well like over the years so because you know um followers will grow within like these like communities of people who are under the body confidence space brands take note and then they want to involve them in their greater advertising campaigns like that's the impact that we have like as consumers like if you support Mm -hmm. uh you know a talent a social talent who is making a change in that space, it does have impact on the advertising sure culture, which has a wow. mass impact on the way that we look at the world.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. I think what you guys do is super fun. Like, I think it would be a blast. Do you guys love what you do? It,
1: I was going to say, like, it is super fun. Like,
0: I, think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get to work with cool brands. You get to work with cool people. So from a TikTok standpoint, I know, well, I mean, I, during COVID, I, started watching TikTok, and then it was my entertainment. I'm not going to lie. It was what kept me going during COVID. Since then, I am too busy. I just haven't, I haven't had time, but I watched, I think everyone saw the growth and saw people become influencers over even that short period of time, right? And I even have had some brands on the podcast that were trying to find influencers to promote their products, shall we say, within that. So, in that situation, do you reach out to the influencers that are already influencers or are you trying to find undiscovered talent? How do you fine tune that?
1: Again, a bit of both. So we're at the stage now where and, and for years, influencers come to us in droves. They want to be signed. Very, very, very selective in terms of who we take on. Um, mm-hmm. We don't want to overload our talent managers because the service offering that we give is um it's a lot of work Um, so our talent managers can really only represent you know 10 or so talent at any given time like that's probably the max Um, so when talent approach us we look at it very very seriously very strategically to see one if they're a fit for our roster if they kind of slot in nicely if they if we think they'll sell within our network of agencies and brands Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, our talent managers, like they kind of have the ability to really curate their own rosters. They might see something, see someone, they're watching someone for a period of time and they're like, "Oh, I'm seeing this person and they're about to blow up. I think Mm -hmm. we should try. I think now's the time to reach out to them. So they always like, they have their finger on the pulse in an extreme way, So they're constantly going out to people who they're like, "Oh, I think this person's going to be like really, really big. And we've seen that happen time over time. So our, our talent managers have an incredible eye for talent who, who they know are just going to do really well and, and fit yeah. with the roster well.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so you guys started doing contract work, it sounds like. And then at what point did you decide, hey, let's build an agency together?
2: Pretty soon after yeah. Jess and I met. So, um, you know, we, we met and we were doing some contracts together and then, you know, that opened up different like doors and allowed us to both, you know, do some contract work with a particular agency. We were also, you know, starting to book like some big meetings and just didn't want to go into those big meetings being two freelancers. We thought the position Mm -hmm. of it would have been stronger being an agency. So we decided like somewhat like on a whim to like establish like Shine PR uh, just to to really like help you know getting larger like contracts. The irony of it all is, I think that for in the PR world, we both got easier work as freelance contractors really? than we did as um, an agency. Really? Oh yeah, because as a freelance contractor, and Jess and I were both like very strong at what we did. We're a great asset for any agency, you know, to bring in to support a project. When you become an agency, you are you're remember. going out after like the same like level of business. So it that was a big like eye-opener for us. I feel like that wouldn't have been like something that I would have like anticipated. And the company itself, like I, you know, I, it was not something that we had a, a big five-year plan for. We didn't like sit down and, and write out a, a business plan, which I know is not for everyone. And, and I don't want to encourage not having a business plan because they're certainly necessary for like certain things, but it, it never was kind of just as my style um, to do that. And for us, I think if we had done that, and if we had done that for Shine influencers, or if we had done that when we opened up our US office, or if we you know, had done that for other ventures that we've started, we probably wouldn't have done them. It would have kind of right. set it up in a way that would have been too, I don't know. I feel like the ability not to have that and kind of uh, be like in the flow of what we were like creating together was the way that it worked the best for us.
0: Yeah so a bit more restrictive may have not been so open I think some people get so zoned and I would love your insight but some people like get so zoned on that business plan that they can't see outside of the business plan and the opportunities that can come and being able to pivot whenever needed oh well like in your world your world changes right you went from blogger to now social media and so if you would have whatever that plan looks like right like there's different kinds of thinkers out there today. Like, there's different ways
2: that people like build and create and feel confident um, doing yeah. so. And yeah. I think I have like just very much like recognize like over the, the years that like Jess and I like we don't. That's like that's not how we're at our best. And it's not to say that we're not like well researched by it um, or don't yeah. have you know, goals. Absolutely. But the best way that we are able to launch and start things is not by necessarily like blowing out like full business plans, which is actually yeah. kind of funny when I'm thinking about it now, Just when I've when been talking to our team about workbacks, like we never do a workback.
1: <laughs> I know we've always been very like structure and process adverse, which now, as I said, like we're seven and a half years in and there's things that like need structure. And we have a yeah. team of 50 now. So it's like it's really different than when there were the two of us sure. and a handful of like unpaid interns yeah yeah um, and now a little we're chaotic like, yeah yeah we're like i guess we and like we obviously have this now but like i feel like it was like last year or the year before like i guess we need like a vacation policy like <laughs> it's like the stuff that we're like oh do we have to have like people have to apply uh, just like go whenever you go like we'll keep a count, right. but like it's that kind of stuff that we're like yeah we need to like a little bit,
2: bit We yeah. we have, but like I think it's a, like a lot of the things that we've like done, like it's within our our team, it's built a lot on trust and and mutual like respect, right? So you know, yeah. following like you know the exact you know policy rules and putting people in black and white situations like never felt right to us because you know everybody's lives are like slightly mm-hmm. different and everybody like deserves you know, a, a bit of like grace in certain situations, right? So sure. Um, sure. yeah, I think it's been, it's kind of funny, like as like the company's problem, we're quite, you know, like large now, we, we have a team of 50 people, we have two offices, we're looking at opening up like a third um, so we ourselves have had to, to adopt more um, structures yeah. and models.
0: That's awesome. So your team, like awesome work ladies for building out your team of 50 thus far and for opening up more offices. You have one in LA and one in Toronto, correct? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what do you think some of your obstacles have been from like a founder business standpoint as you've grown or over the years like what do you think some of the your biggest challenges from a general perspective from being a founder mindset right what do you think some of those have been
1: for sure finance Mm, finance is um as we've said we both came into this from pr backgrounds um so i think for the first like six years we like changed accounting firms every year just trying to like find like the right fit for us so of course like we've got more and more knowledgeable over the years, of course, but at the beginning, it's like, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So you don't know what questions you're not asking that you could be getting a lot more information from. So, Mm -hmm. so that was always, that, that was always a struggle from, from the business side of things. And then I think this is an industry that if you do it well, it looks really easy And it's really hard. It's really, really hard. Um, So, what that means is, you know, we've over the years, of course, had, you know, we've had team members leave and try and start competitive agencies and things like that. And, you know, those things, they're really tough. I'll, like, I'll talk to the emotional side of it. Like, it's really hard, you know, as M kind of just touched on, you know, we have really lovely relationships with, with our team and, and we adore them. So when things like that happen, it's, it's really tough to kind of like pick yourself up and keep going from that. And I think what it's done for Em and I is, you know, it's even more solidified, like how we want to operate, because mm-hmm. when things like that have happened, we've questioned things and said, should we have been much tougher? Should we have had like very, you know, standoffish relationships with the team that we have and, and things like that. And I feel like it's helped us to look at it and say like, no, like we went into this and we had very specific, we had very specific ideas of how we wanted to run this business. Mm -hmm. So I think it's almost like as things like that have happened. And as I said, of course, they've been like very challenging at the time. And I can look back on them with like the most idealistic rose colored glasses now. But I think that, it allowed us to like, to see that our strengths were in those things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. in like the relationships that we had with the team and the talent and and the, that type of stuff. So I feel like, you know, there've been some of the like major challenges, but I feel like we're, we're the, where Emily and I are really, really strong together any challenge that we have like ever faced has turned so quickly into an opportunity every time.
2: Yeah. It's such like a a cliche, like one to say like, Oh, see opportunities and failures. But like, (laughs) but it really, it really is true. Like at the beginning, it was much more for me, like conscious choice. Like I was like, no, like I'm going to like choose to see like where, what this can teach us, where we can like go from this. And then over the years, it just became like second nature that I feel like they don't like hit us the same way in know, weird way. I almost like feel excited when something happens like that. Cause I'm like, Ooh, like that means like, it's like a little shift, like what's going to be on the other side of that coin? Like right. we're like, where are we going to take it like next? So I have a ton of confidence in our our ability to like recover and and shift. So those things, I, they don't concern me like they used to, but they were tough from the beginning for sure. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, some, some scary, some scary times when you're trying to build and you're really not sure what's going to happen. Yeah.
0: So the good comes after the storm. I think if you, yeah, that's great. Yeah. If Um, you choose it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, where do you guys want to, where do you see yourself? Like what's your goal?
1: Oh, there's so many right now where uh, we're working on uh, shine has become this, I mean, incredible company and we're so, we're so proud of like what, what it is today. And uh, again, like knowing like what, what it's taken to get here over the last seven years. And it, it's also become this like really incredible springboard for other, other things, like other things for our team, for our talent, for us so two years ago we launched the bodcon which is like a virtual a virtual conference series for the body confidence body positivity self-love space um so Mm -hmm. that was a super fun one we're in the middle of launching a project management tool for talent managers which we will we're building out for our team first and we'll take to market after that so that's like a really fun one. And in a very different space for us, like very much in the tech space, like like a SAS program, which is, mm-hmm. which is really cool. As Em said, we're looking at launching another office. So we never, uh, we never sit still for too long. We, I think we usually try and take on like two ish, like bigger projects every mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were just saying to our team the other day, like sometimes they fly and sometimes they flop. And I think, you know, after doing this, as long as we have, we kind of have that confidence now that if something flops, we're like it's okay. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the right, the right opportunity for us or right. the right move for us, and we kind of move on very, very quickly.
2: To, or to sometimes the they do something that we didn't expect, so it might not uh, achieve yeah. the initial goal of what we thought it was going yeah. to, but it ends up doing something else, and then we're like, right. oh, yeah. okay, like it still plants it, another seed. Yeah. Yeah. Or it can still be like a win on another way.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So a lot of founders that we've spoken to have products or have software, right? And being that you're starting to enter into the software world. However, services. So I think about this a lot from my business. Mm -hmm. You're starting, you started a services company and it's really based on your personal talent, right? Like you're providing the services. So I think a lot of people get stuck out there in how do you duplicate, you basically have to duplicate you, right? So versus like reselling, keep selling a product or software or whatnot. So what, have you ever thought about it that way? Like you have to duplicate, have you been blessed with finding people that already have the talent that you don't have to train and guide and build up and grow? Or what was your thought process on that in building the services, basically Mm -hmm. building, hiring many versions of you, although they're different, I get that, Mm -hmm. right? But you know what I mean? Um, Because it becomes overwhelming if you're taking – when you're growing and you got to take it on, you can't afford to hire people yet, but then you – Yeah, uh, well, you have, you have to kind of, like, practice you
2: yourself about, like, how to make it work, and then you have to figure yeah. out like, train and teach it. I think COVID, um, speaking about, like, challenges and opportunities, um, was that, like, for us. Like, I think we were very blessed, you know, in our early years just to – find like amazing, amazing team members. And because they were kind of all working in an office, like together, we kind of like had light training modules, but mostly it was through like being around each other and kind of like being like in the room and learning biosmosis and COVID, we couldn't do that anymore. It didn't work. So we did have to invest uh, a lot into our onboarding and training program And we just love it now. And it's just like this constant evolution every time we do it. And and we want to be a company that could take anybody, you know, who has like aptitude and the passion, like for the industry and turn them into amazing talent managers. And we are. And I think that has Mm -hmm. to do with like the scale and growth that we've had over the past couple of years. We really have kind of nutted that out. I'm very proud of it and very proud that it's like a, a constant, you know, evolution as the company grows. We keep on improving and improving on that.
0: Yeah. I would think that you mentioned that there's a recipe for your talent, but it doesn't always look the same and it can be different, whatnot. So I'm assuming that you have to have a little bit of intuition and curiosity and like being able to fine-tune and figure out what makes a good talent for your group and who you would choose. Some of it, I think, can be trained. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I agree entirely. And there's been situations where one of our team have brought a particular talent to the table. And I've been like, they're not going to fly. We've tried someone like this before and they didn't work out or, you know, whatever, whatever the background is. And that talent manager has taken them and like so intensely proven us wrong. And like, I love that. Like it's, Mm -hmm. and I think that, that, you know, we talk about this so much that like, it's so easy to sell something that you love. It's so easy. Like, And as, you know, especially as women, it's really difficult to negotiate for yourself. We know this, but you think about it like the talent managers are essentially negotiating for talent. So they are negotiating for talent who they love. They have really close relationships with. They Mm -hmm. believe wholeheartedly in what they do. So we have this team of talent managers now that are just so strong, like out of this world, strong and unbelievable at what they do. That like you can, they can take talent who we thought, oh, maybe I don't know if they're going to work and they just like blow up.
0: Sure. So, for those people out there, say that they want to start a service based company, right? I think one of the things, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you've got to differentiate yourself, competitors is what I'm thinking. They're think what they have to think about, right? Like, how are we going to be different? So, how were you able to, because I think it comes down to the people too, but how are you able to establish uniqueness within the marketplace? You guys said it yourselves, there's lots of PR firms, there are lots of talent agencies, you know. So how do you make that differentiate?
2: Well, in the beginning, very, very few people were dabbling in the talent, social talent space, especially like in Canada. So that was the unique, you know, entry point for us there. Yeah. In terms of how like we as an agency uh, define ourselves like today, the offering is always changing because like our, our peers are amazing, too. There's lots of incredible talent management agencies who do amazing things. So we're constantly working on like what our service offering is that does, that is competitive, that is, you know, like ahead of the game how do you determine that? Like in terms of if you are like and are like looking to find that like yourself, mm-hmm. have a million conversations. You know, like I feel like go and chat with people and like look for the patterns in terms of what they're saying is a pain point for them, like meet with your competitors. Like, I feel like everybody is stronger together. So like, why not like have a chat, learn from each other and kind of see like where the unique spaces are that each of you can play in. How can you like support each other versus being like battling against each other? And um, right. so that, I mean, that's how like Justin and I did it. We, we met with absolutely everybody and anybody who would have a chat with us. And even nowadays when we're looking to like start something new, we speak to everybody who we can. Right. Um, and we gather up the information that way.
0: Yeah, so you do your homework. Interesting market validation. Same Mm -hmm. falls for like people with products or software or whatnot. So I think that's fantastic and that's great advice. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. So where do you, what do you want your legacy to be? Like how, like what's the, where do you want to go? Like it can be personal legacy or the shine talent group legacy. Like what do you want to leave behind? What do you want to be known as?
1: I feel pretty strongly that what we want to leave behind is like what we went into this business setting out to do. And that was to run a company that was, always led with kindness and that was something that it was really different at the time like it's not how a lot of PR agencies are led and you know with us both coming from that background though we're not in PR anymore and we're in talent management we wanted to create an environment for our team and for our talent and for anyone who kind of works adjacent or alongside us that that we're a team that like we led with kindness, we want everyone to win, we believe there is space for everyone here that we can all thrive. So I think that, you know, putting that out there, especially in a time where it's like, it is hard for female entrepreneurs, it's we are like tearing each other down, it's not good. So we really wanted to kind of to just be the opposite of that in every way possible. So it's as I said, it, it's very much how we, how we came into this business. And I don't say I hope it's how we go out of it because we're not looking to exit. Right. Right. But I, right. Right. I hope that in engaging with other brands and agencies and talent and just people in that way that kind of, you know, you know, it, it spreads.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So one quick question for you, Emily, you had said that uh, you had just had a baby and you were starting this.
2: Yeah. So I had, yeah. um- worked at a small agency, then I worked at a big agency, and then I had my son and went on mat leave. And then in that period of time, decided that I wanted to kind of test the freelancing space versus going back to, Mm -hmm. you know, full time agency world. So I I did and I was freelancing after my first and then I was pregnant and had my second and just kind of didn't stop after that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I was going to say, how did you navigate being a mom and a newer mom and starting this? And I mean, that's a lot. Like, I think one of the reasons why I started this is because female entrepreneurs just carry a lot of accountability. I feel like a little bit more than others, especially mm-hmm. if you're a mother, even just if you don't have children. But as a mother, like, how do you balance I know there's no. It was a lot. Perfect, like, like it was, and I, mean? I
2: um I also left my husband. I left my marriage around the time. Oh my goodness. To shine as well. So it was like a whole new chapter. Um, the things that worked um for me was I mean I I have. A business partner, right? So I, I have you know Jess, and we had a balance like between each other. So that was like a major component allowing me to do that. I also got help. I invested in myself by getting the support of like a nanny, and he helped me, so I was able to work. And that also allowed me when I was able to be with my children, and um, they had the best of me, you know. So I think yeah. when you try to kind of um, split and segment things, and I'm, I'm trying to be you know ever conscious of that even now today then they don't, they don't get the best of you. They don't get all of you. So you could be spending even more hours with them, but it doesn't feel, you know, satisfying. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like that was something that I did in the beginning and I, and I still have help. I, I I absolutely like need it. But I do try to concentrate when I have the support of like a nanny or a caregiver that the time that I do have, um, or if I'm able to kind of slip away and spend some time with them, I'm not the one who's kind of like doing the tasks that somebody else like could do. Yeah,
0: that's good. It's great uh okay so ladies how can we help you like we want to help you thrive and continue to thrive you guys are obviously doing amazing uh work and super excited about your new office and your new projects and your potential software that uh you're launching that's super cool that's quite a twist from your services right so that will be a Mm -hmm. fun adventure i'm certain of it uh so how can we help you and continue to thrive Oh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer
1: to that. Um, Gosh, it's like, it's, I feel like what we do, it's like, it's such a specialized um, service, right? So, I mean, of course, if you're in, uh, if you have a product or service that you need marketed, and you think influencers is like the way to go, then like, we love having conversations um, with people who are just kind of starting to dabble in this space, um, so always, always happy to kind of lend a strategic ear um, to people in that space, um, and I think really just like you know I touched on this before, like I think the best thing that we can do to support each other is just like kind of be each other's like little cheerleaders
2: out there, right?
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, that's uh, I feel like that's our only ask, unless Andy you have one that I'm like majorly missing.
2: Yeah, no, I think just we are always looking to continually expand like our network, and as we shared earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin and I at the beginning had a million conversations with anybody who would talk to us. We're still very much the same like today. Like we we learn like together. Um. So you know if you are starting up and you have a business and you're very passionate about like we want to hear about it as well. Um. So please yeah. like please reach out.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that leads me to just a couple more questions and then I know that we're running out of time. But one is for your brands. Are you? I bet the I bet I know the answer. But Are there certain brands that you're specific, like a startup, for instance, would you work with a startup or do you work with more established brands?
1: Yeah, absolutely. From the top to the bottom and everyone in between. So So all budgets, budgets. of course, really different, but you know, I, I love chatting with startups. I feel like that to me feels just like fun. Um, because we've obviously been in that space as well, so we can very much relate. And I think we, we've we always kind of seen the long game in terms of even like how we've marketed Shine and things like that. So a client that might just have, you know, let's say a $10,000 budget today, if all kind of goes well for them, they might have a $100,000 budget next year and then a million dollar budget the year after that. So we can certainly see um, see the long game there and and love to support um startups absolutely yeah
0: yeah cool I because we have a lot of fun cool brands that have been Mm -hmm. launching and so I would love to make the intro they they're always asking for new ideas on how to market I think marketing is their biggest challenge once they have everything built and getting the name out there and establishing the difference so that's fantastic
1: well we should do we should do like a little webinar or something like that um, that you can invite like all of the people in your network to and we can give them a influencer
0: marketing 101 that would be fantastic. They would love yeah. that. And then yeah, they would good. get to meet you all and yeah. there you go. Plant the seed. Uh, mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners or share about yourselves or the I company? I how to
1: find us. Um, yeah. So if you're looking for us, of course, we can be found on Instagram. We're at Shine Talent Group, or one word. Our website, shinetalentgroup.com is where you'll find us. So never, uh, never hesitate to come and say hi.
0: That's awesome. We're also going to leave your links in our, like below the podcast and in our comments. So you guys can check them out or just click and go directly to their website. So super cool. Thanks ladies. I'm so excited to um, spend this time with you and I love what you guys do. I think it's probably a busy, busy world and lots of hype at least around influencers, shall we say. So navigating through that and working with cool brands, I think it'd be a blast. So best wishes to all the new stuff that you have going on and thank you so much for spending this hour with me. Thank you. Thanks so much. Alrighty, for having thanks. Us. Have a wonderful day, ladies.